Thanks for tuning in to Freedom House Podcast. We're always encouraged to know God is working through this church as we change our world one life at a time. We'd love to stay connected with you by following us on social media at Freedom House OC, as well as our YouTube channel. Let's listen in on today's message. Come on, somebody. We are drawing closer to God as we are in God's Word here on Sunday morning. Well, hey, listen, I am extremely ecstatic. I'm jumping out of my skin to be able to minister this Word to you because I know what God has in store for us today. God's going to speak to us at a very deep level, and we're going to talk about a subject that we started, the conversation we started last week as we're in this series on healing. And I'm talking about, I'm sorry, this series about seasons. And I'm talking specifically today about the season of healing, the season of healing. And we all need this, okay? Especially what we're going through as a nation, a lot of the, the uh, social unrest that is taking place and a lot that's happening within our communities and sort of a pandemic within a pandemic. And there's no doubt that 2020 has been one of those years that has stretched all of us. I'm gonna raise my hand right now and my other hand and my my right foot. Come on, this has been a stretching year. Am I talking to somebody? This has been a year that has stretched all of us. I think we've come a long way, but we still got a long way to go. We've learned a lot, but I truly believe that we're going to come out of this season better. We're not going to come out of this season bitter. We're going to come out of this season better. In fact, why don't you write that down in the comments? Say, I'm coming out better, comma, in Jesus' name. Put it in Jesus' name there. So we know it's not on our own strength, but I'm going to believe God to this. So in this series, Seasons, we're talking about not just going through something, but growing through something. And so here's what I want you to do. I want you to press the share button. If you're watching on Facebook, believe me, someone needs to hear this. Hit that share button. Be a social media evangelist and invite somebody right now to watch this. You never know who might watch this and receive the healing that God's Word has for them. If you're watching this on YouTube, grab the link, text a friend and say, hey, you need to hear this. Jump in and jump in watch this with me so we can get into God's Word together and uh, do that. Again, if it's your first time watching, my name is Josiah. I'm the lead pastor of Freedom House Church, and uh, we just love having you with us here today. And uh, you can like and subscribe our page that we stay connected with us. But I'm going to talk about today a season of healing. It's part two. If you didn't watch part one, no sweat. You can watch that later on our YouTube channel or on our uh, podcast and all that fun stuff. But I'm going to talk today about this. So grab your Bibles and go with me to the book of Ecclesiastes, the book of Ecclesiastes chapter number three. And we're going to read verses one through verse number three. And we're going to talk about seasons and times here as Solomon in his wisdom, he talks about God, the revelation God gave him about, you know, how seasons work into our life. And we're going to talk about this. Our media team is going to put a link there on the, the webpage where you can download um, our message outline, the, the points to my message, well the verses that we'll be reading today. And we're going to talk about a season of healing. So let's read these verses and then we're going to jump in there. I'm going to get to work and we are going to break it down. Some will say, break it down. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1 through 3. Here's how the Bible reads. It says, to everything there is a what? Season. It says, a time for every purpose that is under heaven. We've been diving into this text here. And it says, there is a time to be born. There is a time to die. There is a time to plant and a time to pluck what is planted. In other words, there is a time for reaping when you've sown, and I'm just going to say this, many have sown, you're going to come into your season of reaping. Don't let the devil lie to you that you lost your reaping. God would be a liar if you sowed and never reaped. Verse three here, watch what it says. It says there's a time to kill and a time to heal. There is a time to break down and a time to build up. A time to build up. Now, when the scripture says 
that there's a time to kill obviously is not promoting killing. It's just the Bible says that there are times where tragedy happens. There are times where sorrow happens. And God is trying to teach us how to deal with these seasons and how to deal with these times. That when we deal with breaking down, God says, I want you to step into building up. When you're dealing with seasons of sorrow, I want you to step into seasons of laughter. And so God is explaining to us that every season is not permanent, but he wants to lead us into greater seasons. And today I want to talk about a season of healing, because that's what I believe our nation needs. That's what the families need, especially going through the pandemic and all that's taking place. I believe God wants to bring healing to our nation, healing to our families. And it's the mission of God. It's the heart of God not to leave you broken but to put you in a place of healing. So let's pray and we'll jump into this message. Come on, bow your head with me. Father in heaven, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your sweet, precious, Holy Spirit power. Father, I thank you that the scripture says that the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard our hearts and guard our minds. And we're asking you, Father, to step into our hearts during this season. Father, we want to be open and receptive to the power of the Holy Spirit that you, God, would, would just, in, just, God, fill us to the overflow, God, during this time as we surrender our hearts and our minds to you. Speak to us as we declare healing during this season and allow me the grace to minister your word to your wonderful, powerful people. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody says amen. Amen and amen, amen and amen. Come on, somebody. I got my amen corner behind me. Amen. Say, come on, there they are right there. And I got my amen corner in front of me. Amen, right there. And I got my amen corner online. We're going to jump into the word. Come on. I tell your neighbor, tell your neighbor, say, we're ready. Just say, we're ready for healing. Say, I'm ready for healing. I want to talk to you today and continue the conversation about healing and about how God wants to bring healing into us. A season of healing. When we talk about healing, I think it's important that we talk about the pains we go through. I think it's important to recognize that everybody goes through painful situations. Nobody avoids sorrow. So if you're praying, God, don't ever let me go through a hard time, that's the wrong prayer. Okay, that's the wrong prayer. Because the scripture actually tells us that in this lifetime we shall, we will have troubles, we will have hard times. And all the married people said, <laughs> and all the parents said, Okay, come on, all right? So we are gonna have problems. And a lot of times, it's not that it's your problem, but you're dealing with someone else's problems. Don't look at nobody, just look straight, okay? So we all are gonna deal with some type of pain, some type of tragedy, some type of sorrow, some type of hurt. So the question is not God, remove it, but actually God, teach me how to deal with it. Teach me, God, how to recognize to handle in a biblical way when, 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 when difficulty comes to me, when something that wants to wound my soul, God teach me how to heal from this so that I don't get bitter, but I get better. And so when we talk about this, I think it's important that we understand that there is a biblical um, arsenal, if I could use that word, that God wants to equip his church with on how to heal. Now, let me go to the physical, then I'll get a deeper level to the spiritual. Did you know God put in your physical body the ability to heal itself? I may even know this. You get a little cut, then you see scab, and it heals. We have in our bodies an ability to heal. Now, most of us, whenever we have a physical pain, we know what to do to get healing. So, for example, if you got a headache, you know I got to take some Tylenol. If you got a backache, you're like, 
Give me some Advil. If you got a neck ache, a pain in the neck, I'm not talking about your spouse, but a pain in the neck. Oh, that was husband. A pain in the neck, okay, right? You know, I got to stretch this thing. We know what to do with physical pain, but here's the dilemma. Most people don't know what to do with spiritual pain. <laughs> we know what to do when, when I'm hurting my physical self. I'm like, I know what I do. Give me two towels, stretch, go to bed. I'm good. Hallelujah. I'm back. But a lot of times we don't know how to respond when we're dealing with soul pain. And I think a lot of what we're dealing with right now as a nation, what we're dealing with in families and marriages, you can apply this to all situations, is we're seeing reactions because we don't know what to do with our pain. And what takes place is what do you do when you have pain in your soul? You can't take Tylenol for that. In fact, a lot of people try to medicate physically their soul but always come up empty. And come on, because you cannot soothe your soul with the physical remedy. You cannot, ha- you cannot heal spiritual problems in a physical way. I feel like preaching now. You cannot fight a devil in the physical. You got to learn how to deal with spiritual things in a spiritual way so we can get healing. Come on, can I get an amen? Tell somebody I'm getting healed. Just say I'm getting healed today. Okay. So we know what to do, right? Oh, you got a, you got a boo-boo? Let me get you a band-aid. But I think we got to get better of how to help people heal spiritually. I think the church, we gotta be really good. Mamas, you gotta get good at how to help your children heal spiritually. Men, we gotta get real good about how to help our families heal spiritually. We need to get better. Because this is God's nature, is to try to lead us into healing. Now, write this down. God's nature is healing. Write that down. God's nature is healing. It's not your first point. It's just my opening thoughts. I got a lot, but just stay with me. I'm going to finish today's outline. Some of you saw the outline. Yes, I got five points and like 20 scriptures. We finishing it. <laughs> okay, come on. I'm going through it because next week is Father's Day. And I'm going to talk about Father's Day and all the dads. You don't want to miss next week's service. It's going to be powerful. But anyway, okay. So I'm talking about today about healing, okay? So it is God's nature. It is his character to heal. It is what God is committed to do on planet Earth. God does not want to leave you broken. Now, when I talk about healing, and I want to talk about his nature, is that the God in the Bible, let's, let's break this down, when we read it in an English translation, you'll often see the word God, G-O-D, Lord, L-O-R-D. The Old Testament was originally written in Hebrew, New Testament in Greek, and God actually, throughout the whole Bible, has unique names that attribute who he is, and he reveals himself through unique names to show us what his, you know, characteristics are and who he is on earth. And so in Exodus, I want to read this to you. The Bible tells us when God was talking to the nation of Israel, God had delivered them. Watch this here. He had delivered them from the power of Pharaoh. He had delivered them physically from where they used to be. He had taken them through the Red Sea and his enemies were, were, were defeated they had now come on the other side of the Red Sea. They had sang the song, the Bible says, of worship, the song of the sea. And Miriam sang and they praised God. And then God responds to their praise with this verse we're about to read. And I want you to listen intently because this is what God promises Israel about their future and how to move forward. Watch this here. In verse number 26, Exodus 15, 26, the Bible says, And he said, If you diligently heed the voice of the Lord and do what is right in his sight, 
Give ear to his commandments and keep all of his statues. I will put none of these diseases on you, which I have brought upon the Egyptians. Watch this last sentence here. He says, for I am the Lord who what? Heals you. The word there, I am the Lord who heals you, actually in the Hebrew, it says, notice the capitalization of Lord, L-O-R-D, because he says that actually means I am Jehovah Rapha. That, that characteristic Jehovah Rapha means that God is a healer. The word Rapha means restorer. So what God was telling the nation of Israel, he says, I have now saved you from your past, but in order for me to get you to your promised land, to your future, I want to let you know that I not only saved you, but I am also committed to healing you. And he wasn't talking about a physical healing. He was talking about an inward healing because God doesn't only want you to experience physical delivery. He wants you to be delivered from the inside. He don't want you half-hearted healed. He wants you wholly healed. He wants your mind healed, your heart healed, your soul healed. Come on, your, 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 your thinking healed so you can move forward because you can't go into the promised land with the bondage mentality. You can't be physically free, but still in bondage or strongholds in here. So he says, I'm committed to healing you, to taking you from a place of brokenness to a place of healing. Turn to somebody and tell them God's committed to healing you. Say that there. Okay. Write down the comments and put someone's name. God's committed to healing you. He's committed to bringing that into your life. Now, why is God committed to healing? Let me set this up. We're already in it here, but God is committed to you. I told you last week that God is committed to healing you because or else you'll repeat what you don't repair. Let me tell you the second reason why God's committed to healing you. Because if you don't get healed in one area, it'll affect every other area. (laughs) This is why God's committed to healing you. Because if he doesn't heal you in that one area, it's going to affect every other area. Remember what I'm going to tell you here. Hurt never stays still. Hurt never stays in one place. See, we think we could tell our hurt, stay there and don't you move anywhere else. But that's not the way it works. Whenever I live in a place where I'm not healed, it affects every other area. Best analogy I can give you is, some of you might not realize this, but um, I I actually walk with a little bit of a limp. It's not because I'm from the hood. It's because I have reconstructed knee surgery. Come on. (laughs) You know, I had reconstructed knee surgery. I tore my ACL, my MCL, my meniscus. I just tore my whole knee up. College football. Okay. Anyway, all right. But took a hit basically tore it all up. I got two screws and two pins in my left knee. And so when I walk, some of you don't know, but I got a little bit like, you know what I mean? And it's not because I'm from, you know, come on, anyway, East LA, but come on, all right? So I got a little limp. Now, what I don't recognize is this one hurt (laughs) creates actually back pain right here. So I often have to stretch Because I don't recognize this, but I unconsciously protect my hurt. (laughs) So when I'm walking or running at the gym, I'm unconsciously protecting this hurt, which then is affecting pain in my back. So I overcompensate in another area because I've been affected in one area. 
I don't know who I'm talking to, but now I feel like I'm in your kitchen and now we're having church. Now I know God is, I'm effective. And here's what I'm trying to tell you. Some of you have learned to live with the hurt and you think that it's not affecting, but it will affect you in other areas. And when you're hurt in your soul, it will affect you in your marriage. When you're hurt in your soul, it will affect you in your family. It will affect, it will affect you in your home. It will affect you in your future. It will affect you in your sleep. It will affect you in your dreams. It will affect you in your reactions. I feel the Holy Ghost now. God says, because if you don't get healed in that area, it will affect every other area. So God says, I'm Rafa. I'm healer. I didn't come just to bring you out. God says, I'm committed to taking you in. <laughs> you missed it. Trust me. Don't miss that one. Because see, we think God is only the God of taking me out. No, he's the God of bringing you into promise. See, when you serve God, here's the picture I got. We're going this way to our future. But we tend to think that we go into our future this way, bypassed. God says, I'm trying to turn you around. Don't, I, you know, I, he says, Paul says, I forget about the things that are behind me. And I press forward to what's ahead. What is that? He's saying God is healing me to say he's trying to take me in to the place of promise. When you're hurt in one area, it'll affect other areas. And so God says, I'm trying to heal you so that you know that I am trying to bring it into your life. Well, how does God heal? Write this verse down, Psalm 107 and verse 20. Read it together, New King James Version. The Bible says, he sent his word and he healed them and delivered them from their destructions. God says, I sent my word and I healed them and I want to deliver you from your destruction. God says he is coming committed to healing you. He is committed to healing what the devil has messed up. God is committed to, committed to bring it into your life. What sin has broken, what the devil has tried to make. God says, I want to bring it. Why? I sent my word to heal you so you can step into the future and the things God has for your life. Well, how does the word deal with us? I got five points for this one. Woo! Tell your neighbor, say, we, we, we're, we're getting healed. Just say, we're getting healed today. We're getting healed. We're getting healed. Tell somebody else, say, you need this. Say, you need this. Come on, tell them. You and, then, and then look at them and say, I need this too. I need it. Come on, watch parties. I need this too. Come on, Davila's from Colton. I, I see, I told you. I know I'm, who's watching watch parties. Let's go. We got people watching from Colton, California. Welcome from Colton, California. Let's go. All right. So, so come on. Come on. Uh, the the Demires and the family in Brea having a watch party. See, I told you. Come on now. So we, we, tell someone, say, I need healing. God says, I want to do this. So I sent my word to heal you. How does God do this? Here's how. It's not easy. It's always worth it. Point number one, write this down. Sometimes healing requires a rebreaking. Let's break this down today. Oh, I know. Some of you are dodging this word like the matrix. I don't want it, Lord. No, no, it's coming for you, though. Let the Holy Spirit tell you. Sometimes healing requires a rebreaking. Let's read Ecclesiastes 3.3. 3. It says here, it says, there is a time, watch this, to kill, a time to heal, a time to what? Break down. Someone shout, break it down. <laughs> and then a time to build up. Notice that the proceeding scripture of healing, God says, sometimes things got to get broken down before I can build them up. See, sometimes the road to our healing 
is God having to break some things in our lives that are not built right. It's God having to deal with things that are not proper and are not put together. Here, let me give you another one. Psalms 107. I'm not building my theology on one scripture. Psalms, uh, uh, one, I'm sorry, 147 and verse three. Here's what the Bible says. It says this. It says, he heals the brokenhearted. And then watch the second part. And what does he do? He binds up or bandages up their wounds. Now, we all have a degree of brokenness, but let me talk about this here. We all love the first part of the scripture. A lot of people quote this scripture. You've never heard the scripture before? It's okay. You're going to fall in love with it because we love saying, God heals the brokenhearted. We love that. Hey, hey, God heals the brokenhearted. Be encouraged. But we don't read the whole verse because God says he heals the brokenhearted and, someone shout, and binds up their wounds. God says, I don't just tell you I'm going to heal it. I'm telling you how I'm going to heal it. He says, I heal the brokenhearted and I bind up the wound. That word bind in the Hebrew is kabash, okay? Like kabash, like kabash, like it already sounds like boom, kabash. That word kabash literally means to cast, to put a cast around. It means to put like a splint on it. It means to, to like say, I'm going to have to cast it and put it in order. Now, when I was younger, I dislocated my right wrist. The only thing I loved about it is I didn't have to do my homework because I was right-handed. Anyway, so <laughs> I was looking. So I dislocated my right wrist. And I'll never forget because I went to the doctor and my wrist was popping out. It was like this. It was like a mountain on my wrist. I had landed like this. We're playing. We're doing, you know, uh, chicken fights. That's when you're on someone's shoulder. And anyway, okay, no, I fell. Boom, dislocated. Ah, okay. And so I was like, that. I go, mom, look at my wrist. Ah, my goodness. Let's go to the doctor. So we go to the doctor and I, I got a pillow. And the doctor says, let me see your wrist. And I go, and you know what this doctor did? Pa! He just said, oh, Lord God, I almost passed out. I was, you know, 10, 11 years old. And he just snapped it right into place. Why? Because sometimes what's broken needs to be bound back up. Can I tell you sometimes, and I know you don't like this, and I know you may fight this, and I know you may want, no, Lord, just lay me down. He lifts me in green pastures, and the Lord is my shepherd, and I know that sounds real good, but can I tell you, his rod and his staff also have to protect you, and sometimes God got to snap you back together. In fact, I'm going to say it hard, some of you need God to snap you back together. Some of you need God to break you again, like he broke you when you were 17. You need God to break you again like he broke you down when you were lost. You need a re-breaking because your heart has gotten too hard and you've gotten too used to the dysfunction and God says I need to bring a breaking so I can bring a healing and build you up the right way. I prophesy marriages are going to get built up. You thought that breaking was going to mess you up? God says that breaking is going to build you up. I had to break you down so I can now build you up. You didn't lose your job. God says I had to put you in a place where you could only trust him. You didn't lose your mind. God says, you didn't lose a boyfriend. God says, I had to get you to where I could work on you, and maybe you had to go through a little heartbreak so I can build you up in the right way, because God is building me up. Tell someone God's building me up. Say, I went through a breaking, but he's building me up. You gone through a breaking yet? <laughs> I've been through a breaking. Mm. I could talk about some breaking seasons. But I can also tell you how God used those breaking seasons to build me up. He healed me. He allowed me, not saying God caused it, but he allowed me to go through some breaking things. But it built me. 
Someone say he's building me up. Thank you. I, I feel the Holy Spirit. I'm telling you, we get back into this church. I'm going to lead you all to the altar. I mean, I'm, I'm telling you, a mascara, unos guantes, and pray for you. Come on, somebody. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Just put the, matter of fact, just put your own hand on your forehead right now. Father, I speak a healing right now. I speak a building up right now. What the enemy used to break them, God, you're going to use to build them. What they thought broke them down is the very thing God is going to use to build you up. I prophesy, we speak those things that are not as though they are. We're, in fact, here's what I, I'm praying for it, but God, we also take authority and we speak your word over that situation. That family will not be broken, but will be built up in Jesus' mighty name. Someone say, I'm binding myself up in Jesus' name. Come on, somebody. Number two, write this down. I got to move quick here. What's the second thing about healing? Oh, Lord Jesus, here, write this down. Sometimes the healing is more painful than the moment of the hurt. Oh, Jesus. I know this hurts. <laughs> Say it here. Lord, please, not me, Lord. I wish the healing would be easier than the hurt of the moment. But I realize that sometimes the healing part hurts more than the moment. <laughs> Let's go back to Psalm 147.3. He says, I heal the brokenhearted, but how does God deal with the wounds? Binds them. Kabosh, to put a cast, a splint, to apply pressure back to my dislocated wrist. It hurt more what the doctor did than when I dislocated it. Back to my knee, the rehab on my knee hurt more than the moment where I tore my ACL. I tore my ACL in a moment, but the rehab was for my lifetime. Oh, God, some of you missed it. Some of you missed it. Some. And if I'm afraid of the rehab, then I will always be afraid to run again. If I avoided the pain of, of they had to force bend my knee and, and they, had to, they had to take me and I had to go through it, sometimes the, the healing is more painful than the moment of injury, the moment of hurt. I just got to preach to you real. If someone told you, don't worry, just come to the altar, you know, twist, do a twisty twirl, and then lift your hand, and then go back to your house, and you're going to be perfectly fine. That's not the way it works. Okay? Now, sometimes, let me, let me phrase that better. Sometimes that might happen. I don't want to discount. God can do whatever he wants to do. But in my lifetime, I have realized that the people who come to the altar who think in one moment everything is going to change, and it doesn't get more discouraged and never really see the healing. But the people who are committed to the journey are the people that truly see deliverance and breakthrough. I've been, I've been serving Jesus 23 years now. And I'm telling you right now that the people that, I, that I've seen get really to the place of healing are those who are committed to, watch this word, discipleship, who are committed to following Christ, who say, Lord, I recognize that the healing might be harder than the hurt, but I know that you are Jehovah Rapha. You are the God that brings healing, that you are committed to seeing my life be renewed, to seeing my mind be healed, to seeing me become who you've created me to become. So I am committed to the process of rehab, to the process 
purpose of healing so that I could see my marriage be restored. I could see my family go forward. I could see this nation come into healing. I could see, my, I could see neighborhoods receive the power of God so I could see my life step into new levels. God, I am going to be committed regardless of the pain. Because here's the catch 22. If you don't go through the pain of healing, you'll go through the pain of living with hurt. <laughs> so the real choice is which pain do you want? One or the other? Can I tell you which one's better? Say, God, I will go through whatever I got to go through to see the breakthrough of God and the healing power of God. Someone put a good amen on that. Come on, somebody. Let me go. What number on? Number three. Oh, this one's fun. Sometimes healing takes longer than you anticipated. I think that, oh, Lord Jesus. No, Lord, fix it now, Lord. <laughs> it takes longer than we take. Isaiah 40 and 31, this is a good scripture to read for this. It says, but those who wait on who? The Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not be faint. The Bible says we're waiting, right? We're waiting on God. Now, there are three things. I talked about this a few weeks ago. Someone say, fly like an eagle. Say run. Say walk. These are different types of movements in your life when you're going towards the promises of God. And I'm going to use this in context to the healing process of God. There are moments when you're flying, but you're still waiting for your healing. There are moments where you feel like my life is flying by me. I think you're like, fly, you're just flying. It's just, but, but you're just waiting on the healing. There are moments that you're running, you're running and gunning, you're doing business deals, you're doing this, you're going to school, you're dealing with kids, your kids, you're dealing with your family, you're dealing with your neighbors, you're dealing with all these pressures. There are moments that you're running at a high level, but you're still waiting for your healing. There are other moments where you're walking, and, I, and, and thank God for the walking moments. Don't you give up, but you're walking through some very difficult times, but you're waiting for your healing. And here is my question to you is, I know you may feel like you're flying, you're running, you're walking, but are you still walking towards your healing? Are you still walking towards your healing? Or have you given up on that area? Have you stopped waiting on God? Have you settled for half-hearted healing? My encouragement to you today is keep walking towards that healing. Keep waiting on God. Keep going forward. Psalm chapter 30 and verse 5, the Bible says, for his anger is here for a moment. I like this here. It says, but his favor is for a life. His favor is on my life. Come on, say his favor is on my life. The Bible says, weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes when? Weeping is okay. God says, you may be weeping for a season, but joy's gonna come in the morning. Now, I don't know when that morning is. It might be after a couple of weeks, couple of years, but when that morning comes, I'm telling you, it'll all be worth the healing process. It'll all be worth the breakthroughs that God has for your life. Someone say, joy is coming. Number four, write this down. What I also know about healing is this, is you can't heal all by yourself. You're gonna need somebody to help you heal. You can't heal by yourself. When I go back to my injury, I needed the doctor to snap it back in place. I needed the rehab place to help me with my knee. I needed someone to help me with my past hurts, my insecurities. I needed somebody else. You can't heal by yourself. You're going to need God, but you're also going to need the people of God. Say it again. You're going to need God, but you're also going to need the people of God. That's how God made it happen. Let me give you the scripture for it. So you say, what are you talking about, Pastor? All I need is God and my puppy. Okay. Read this. James chapter 5 and verse 16. Scripture says it like this. It says, therefore, someone say therefore. 
Whenever you see the word therefore, always know why it's therefore. Therefore, confess your sins to who? Each other. And pray for who? Each other. So that you may be what? Ooh, Lord, why'd you put that in the Bible? Underline that there. So that I may be healed. The prayer of the righteous person is powerful and effective. James the writer, the brother of Jesus, by the way, James the writer here under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit reveals to us a place, not how to get salvation, but how to find healing. He's not talking about salvation. There are, there are levels of confession that bring you into dimensions of heaven. So, so confession brings you into salvation, but confession will also bring you into healing. The Bible says that you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus was raised from the dead and you shall be saved. So my confession will bring me to salvation when I confess to Jesus my sins. But then God says, I placed a dimension of your healing when you confess to another believer what you're going through. Now, let me bring qualification to this. I'm not saying to put your your laundry out just to everybody. Be like, hey, can I talk to you? Here's what I did last week. Okay, no, no, no. Okay. It says when you confess to each other, you have got to find a confidant. You've got to find, you know, uh, women to women, men to men, okay? And you need to find someone that you can be transparent with. God, in his holy word, has put a dimension of your healing in a friendship with another believer. He says it's in there. And he says then you're going to pray for each other. Do you have somebody that can know you, K-N-O-W, and can know you, N-O-U. That's a real friend. Not the ones that agree with you, like, oh, yeah, just, yeah, yeah, you're right. Just leave him. He's all jacked up. No, no, no. Someone says, no, that's not, that does not line up with God's word. You shouldn't do that. Do you have somebody who can tell you that? Do you have somebody that, that, can, that, can, that, can, that can speak into your life, that can help you? Someone that can pray for you? And let me tell you, it, it, it could be a, a, a fellow believer. And God says he put this. That's why I love connect groups. That's why I love the watch parties. That's why I love our men's, our men's meetings and women's meetings because we want to create an, 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 create an atmosphere, an environment where you can pray for one another and receive that healing. The Bible says that when you confess it to one another, it says you shall be healed. There's a dimension of healing there. One man of God once told me like this. He says, Josiah, in your years of ministry, remember this, you are only as sick as your secrets. <laughs> whatever you're, what, God cannot heal what you hide. He can't heal it. If you hide it from him, he can't heal it. And I'm going to tell you what they told me. You'll only ever be as sick as your secrets. But if you could ever get to a place of transparency, it's not a marriage message, but married couples, that's when you reach true oneness, is when you're transparent with one another. And you can share your weaknesses, your struggles, even your failures, and still love each other. Love covers over a multitude of sins. This is real friendship. This is real community. And that's what we want to build at Freedom House, but that's what I want for your life. In fact, that's what I want. That's what God wants for your life. I believe many of us are still broken because we're not willing to find somebody to share these things with. We're not willing. We're afraid. We're insecure. What would they think of me? Again, I'm not telling you just, don't put it on Facebook, all right? Don't put it on, you know I mean? You gotta find a person. I love my wife said this last week. She says, it's not so much finding the right voice. Pastor Marie, it's her quote. Make sure I give her credit. It's not about finding the right voice. You gotta find the right ears. So start praying, God, let me find the right ear, the right friend. 
the right person that I can talk to about my humanity. You can't be Superman all the time. You can't be Superwoman all the time. You gotta, who can you, and you gotta find this because it's biblical. That's why you can't serve God by yourself. I'm sorry, it sounds real spiritual. All I need, all I need is God. I don't need nobody else. It's not biblical, okay? God says you'll find your healing when you get into community and into relationship so that you can become who God has called you to be. Isolation is a devastation. It's a devastation. You know, it's a, you can't worry about your appearance when you want to get healed. You know, too many people are worried about what they'll look like on their way to healing. You got to be like, I don't care what I look like. I just want to get healed. I don't care what people say. I just want breakthrough of this stronghold, this generational stronghold that was over my father and over my life. I I don't care about what people will think. I just want to get healed. Can you believe that some people won't even come to an altar because they're afraid of what people will think? They won't lift their hands. They won't cry. They won't read their Bible. They won't get on a knee and pray because they're afraid of what their friends might say. You're going to let your, you're going to let your appearance stop you from your healing. You're going to let your image stop you from your breakthrough I'm praying that people say I don't care I'll get ugly before God I'll lose my eyelashes ladies I'll lose my hair I'll go ahead and lose my pride fellas I don't care it's okay when a grown man cries before the presence of God you cry in the presence of God you break down in the presence of God and God will build you up why because a broken and a contrite heart God will never turn away don't you ever let somebody else somebody else thinks God, I just want to get healed. I just want to get healed. And I might just turn your living room into an altar right now. I feel the presence of God right now. God, bring healing to homes. I'll tell you one thing that's good about this. People having church in their homes, right? Creating your living rooms into worship places. Your bedroom. Father, thank you. I got one more point. I know, but let me pray. Father, thank you. Yeah. That's how I got my healing. I'm just going to be honest with you. I was a, when I came to God, I was a prideful young man. I was very closed, very serious. You know, I was very, uh, I want to say negative, but just like always suspicious, <laughs> you know. And you know how I got my healing? I stopped caring what other people think. I did. I just stopped caring. I don't care what anybody says about me. I want breakthrough in my life. I didn't care what my friends would say. There was no social media back then, but I didn't care what my friends said, okay? I didn't care what, what they might have thought about who I was with my Bible. I didn't care what they would say if, when I said I was a Christian. I didn't care if they didn't invite me anymore. I didn't care. I'm going to be bold. Even what my family would say. Oh, you're one of those Bible thumpers. No, man, I need healing in my life. I'm broken. And I really feel this right now. That's why I got my healing. Is I just stopped. And to this day, I'm going to be honest. I don't care what anybody says. I'm going to serve God. I'm going I'm to worship Him. I don't care. I'm going I'm to obey the presence of God. Because I not only want to get healed, I want to stay healed. That's a whole nother message for another time. But I ain't going to revert back to my strongholds because the enemy is always there trying to pull me back. (laughs) 
So I got people that I speak to, pastor friends. I also have pastoral voices. I have people that are, you know, my confidants, you know, people that I roll with. And friendships are important. In fact, let me say this. Your closest friends reveal your true values. (laughs) Okay. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Your closest friends reveal your true values if you want to get healed or be stuck to your past. Look at your closest friends. If they give you permission to be your past, then it's truth that you really don't want healing. But if you want healing, look at your closest friends. (laughs) If your closest friends give you permission to be your past, then you don't want healing. Get around some closer friends that give you permission to be your future, the person God wants you to be, that refuse to allow you to settle for any less of a version than God created you to be. That's the people you need to get around with because you can't heal by yourself. And at the same token, you can get more jacked up with the wrong people. Someone say amen. Number five, I'm done here. I told you I got to finish this outline. I know I'm over time. The game is better when it goes overtime. What are you going to do? Watch the football game? There ain't nothing on. Come on, somebody, all right? Okay, number five, write this down. Healing is all about inviting God in. Says when we say healing is all about inviting God in. What I mean by that? Oftentimes we think healing is about God taking me out of something. But healing is more about inviting God into something. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 and verse number 3. Let's go back to our text. It says there's a time to kill, but there's a time to heal, a time to break down, and a time to what? Build up. If you read it backwards, it shows you how you get healing. You got to bring build up into your time. You got to bring healing into your time. So you got to read the scripture backwards. So how do I get healed? It's not so much God, take me out of this time so I can get healed. No, God says, I put build up into time. I put healing into your time. So in other words, your physical time does not have to change in order for the time of healing to come into your life. It can't be like, well, Lord, I'll wait till September 6th, September 14, 2025, and then I'll get healed. Because oftentimes we put our healing into a future time. And the truth is, it's the biggest lie. Can I tell you the biggest lie? My amen corner. Okay, you guys set up for worship. Thank you. Okay, the biggest lie. You want to read the biggest lie? Here's the, look at mentira. Here's the mentira. You ready for the mentira, Jake? Here's the mentira. Time will heal it. That is a lie. Whoever told you that was not telling you the verdad, the truth. Time don't heal nothing. In fact, time will make it worse if you don't heal properly. Going back to my knee, just as an illustration, an analogy. I had a window of time in my knee where they said, they said, Josiah, football, was, you know, the, this college paid for it, all that stuff. The, my rehab, the doctors, yada, yada, yada. When I was there, they, they said, Josiah, you have a window of time after your surgery that we got to get you into the rehab. Because if you don't begin to bend your knee, even though it was painful, I mean painful, when they would force bend my knee after surgery and and screws and pins and and robocop, okay, it was painful. They said, if we don't start bending your knee, you are going to build scar tissue around the joint and you will lose mobility for the rest of your life and you will not be able to fully bend your knee. So I know it's gonna hurt, 
but we have to break up the scar tissue. Come on, oh, come on somebody, gotta break up the scar tissue. And I know it's gonna hurt, but it's so that you keep the mobility in your knee. So, so here's the point. If I would have said, oh no, doc, just give it some time, I'll be all right. Listen, uh-uh. If you don't get this right, you are gonna lose mobility. What am I trying to say? Many people who are watching this right now, I'm telling you that you have gone too long and now you've built up spiritual scar tissue around your heart, around your mind, around your marriage, around your your attitude, around your life, and you have lost the heavenly mobility to see as God to see. So what do I do, Pastor Josiah? Because you're right, I got a hard heart. I've lost some mobility. I can't worship like I used to worship. I can't attend church like I used to. I can't read the Bible. I can't love my wife. I can't look at my kids. I can't look at my future like I used to. What do I do when I lost mobility? Well, guess what, baby? We serve Jehovah Jireh, the God of healing. God can bring the breakthrough and break every spiritual scar tissue if you come to him and he will do it. But you gotta invite him in. God, come into my mess. Come into my heartache. Come into my life come into my dilemma come into my strategy come i'm sorry my tragedy come into my pain come into my ache come into my mess up come into my trauma come into my home come into my mind my soul my life because i don't want to lose my mobility i want to be who you call me to be so i invite you into my life my home my hurt and my pain you want to lift your hands watch parties and invite god in right now in jesus mighty name amen come on somebody begin to worship him thanks for joining us today we pray you were encouraged by this message Show us your support by sharing your favorite podcast on social media and subscribe to our YouTube channel at Freedom House OC today. See you next week.